This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, this is the Power Breakfast on Power 98.7. Let's go to that story then uh, that we started uh, talking about yesterday. Now, um, e-hailing service um, Bolt has launched a new ride category that allows for trips in the Bajaj Cute. Well, that's the name of these little yellow vehicles that you might have been seeing, uh, that you've been seeing are all over town. The Bajaj, uh, uh, what do they call it? The, the Bajaj uh, Cute, that's the name of the vehicle, is technically not a car. It's legally classified as a compact quadricycle. Um, it has been able to take, um, the, you can take up uh, a speed, or a, they can reach speeds of up to 70 kilometers per hour. And according to the um, Bolt Regional Managers, uh, they say that the both Bolt Light uh, is exclusively for transport in the Baja Cute and launched in a few areas of Johannesburg on the 24th of uh, July 2023. Now, this has led to some tensions uh, uh, with e-hailing service drivers saying that, uh, you know, there's uh, already these uh, bajajas are now coming in and undercutting them on price uh, and they're already squeezed as things are. So how, let's start first then by speaking to um, uh, the of those who are the Bolt who are offering the this particular uh, service. And uh, joining us on the line uh, from Bolt, we have Andrew um, Gaz, Gaznola. I hope I got that right. He's the head of policy for East and Southern Africa. Uh, good morning to you, Andrew, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, morning, Teresa, to you and your listeners. Thanks for having us on. Right. Okay, let's first understand about the service that you have just introduced here. What is, uh, I mean, in a, particularly, it, it seems to offer another level of competition now within the e-hailing service. Just explain to us how Bolt Light works versus your regular Bolt service. Sure, sure. Thanks, Tommy. So, so the, the big idea behind uh, the Bolt Light service is essentially to meet two sides of the market. So one, drivers who, um, because shorter trips, you, you make less money off a shorter trip, they're inclined not to necessarily take a shorter trip. Uh, I'm talking about trips that are under four kilometers. So, you know, there's really yeah. short trips say from Bromfontein quickly to a shopping center and then back to where you need to be. Uh, and then passengers in a cost-sensitive environment, you know, cost of living issues in South Africa, but in the world have skyrocketed. And so people are very cautious about how they're spending money. And it's also, you know, the ease of being able to travel a short distance to a shop if you, uh, you know, a parent, you know, quickly needs to get somewhere or Google who can't walk or someone who can't walk. And so the idea is with these vehicles is to meet both sides of that market, but then also understanding the structural dynamics. So drivers in South Africa and across the world are under immense pressure. And one of the biggest pressures is ownership of a vehicle. You know, so often drivers are having to lease vehicles from friends and family. So not, you know, typically like people who can buy cars through a dealership and get a bond, you know, finance for that. Um, so the idea was to introduce a vehicle which is low entry 
So the cost of your payments are substantially reduced on a week-to-week basis, which means you're earning ultimately more money. Um, and we've run this pilot program now for almost this past month, and it's in a very um, structured environment. So it's not all across Johannesburg. It's in a particular area where we're testing the experience of drivers and we're testing the experience of passengers. And I think importantly for us, these vehicles and these trips aren't cutting into traditional other areas of driving. Uh, because it does meet a very specific need. And it's only running in places like Randburg, Parktown, Linden, Bromfontein, and Rosebank at the moment. And it's a very small fleet, you know, between this testing phase. And we've been um, obviously partnering with the Gauteng government to try and understand how do we support the livelihoods of young people and women in the province. Right. Okay. Um, so basically what you're saying is that you're actually providing a service to a different category here. So it should not provide um, or, or, or come uh, or be, be seen as competition for your service that uh, as bold you provide. But that's not how it's landing with your drivers because your drivers are now saying, at least those that we spoke to, a couple that we spoke to, a few that we spoke to yesterday were saying that the fact is that because they're so pinched and that they're getting so few rides and that, you know, they, it seems like the service is so oversubscribed that they are now forced to take these shorter rides, that shorter trips that they wouldn't ordinarily take. So I think we also, you know, the season nature of, of the businesses, typically, you know, as South Africa goes into warmer months, the peak demands increase. Uh, typically, as you can imagine, around payday periods, you know, when people are being paid in the country, you see more trips being taken. I think our service in particular, this particular category, serves a specific need, um, and we are going into peak season. So drivers across the country, across different uh, categories on platforms like ours, are going to be earning more money. Um, and when they are going to be earning more money and having more trips, you know, in the peak season, they're going to be inclined not to want to take these shorter trips. Um, the cost of these trips comparative to other sectors. So, you know, we've also had pressure from, from other operators in the transport ecosystem. Even though this is geared towards a short trip, um, so it's not, you know, a long trip on Oxford Road or Ravonia Road. It is a very short trip, under four kilometers. We're also not competing against other modes of transport. You know, the cost point still, even on this cheaper service, the service that is more accessible for, for people at different um, degrees and different needs, is still going to be more than other modes of transport. And I think what it does highlight to us is that, you know, we need to continue educating and sharing information so that people understand, you know, including drivers, understand at what point is this geared towards? Because it is very different to a traditional kind of e-hailing trip, you know, which would be generally longer. These vehicles are only geared for one passenger. So we also, you know, we were very intentional in that so that we wouldn't be, um, you know, because we wouldn't then be poaching, you know, because it is really just one passenger that has very specific needs under four kilometers in a specific mm. area. Mm. Okay, um, I tell you what, uh, Andrew. Thank you very much uh, for coming on and uh, sharing that uh, perspective uh, um, with us. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Tabiso. So appreciate the time. All right, that's uh, Andrew Gasnola. He is the um, head of head of public uh, public policy for East and Southern Africa for Bolt. After the news, we'll hear from the national spokesperson for the e-hailing industry, Batuga um, Mbalengwa, uh, who was listening to our conversation. Power Breakfast with
Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. on Power 98.7. All right, let's get a response then to the conversation that we just had there with a representative from Bolt um, saying that they have just introduced a new segment that serves a totally a different market that it should not be threatening any of their other service uh, providers or any of their other um, partners, their driver partners. I've got on the line uh, Vatuga Mbalengwa, um, who's the national spokesperson for the e-hailing uh, industry. Uh, good morning to you, and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right. I think uh, you heard uh, what um, the gentleman there from Bolt had to say. How do you respond to what they're saying when they're saying that uh, this is a different category of service that they're providing? It serves a different market, so it should not be threatening the, 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 the service that uh, most of your drivers are currently providing. I think really what it essentially is is well-articulated nonsense. Um, it is a category, when you look at e-hailing historically, the base fare has always been based on a three to five kilometer radius anyway. So when you say you're servicing a market that's traveling under 40 kilometers, what was the base fare? Why was the base fare based on a five kilometer radius historically to begin with? Firstly, it's not even a vehicle. So it's a quadricycle, which is a safety concern. It's not a car, you mean? Not, it's, it's not a car. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a car. You know, my son asked me to buy him one. He'd like, it, he'd like it for a toy. You know, it's not something that should be used for public safety, for public transportation, taking into consideration the, 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 the road fatalities we have in this country. We can't be deploying something that's got a one-star safety feature on a global scale. And in, in pursuant to that, I think it's beginning... It's very clear that these organizations are, are low onto themselves. There's no engagement. There's no engagement with the APEX organizations like Santago. We don't see what's the wisdom of deploying or endorsing such a, or even piloting such a solution. And we don't see how it will benefit the transportation ecomix on an ongoing basis holistically. Surely if they are so concerned, and we seem to be so concerned about the needs of South Africans and the needs of people to be able to buy vehicles and pay, make their payments, maybe they should consider reducing the commissions they are taking. You know, if they are so concerned about this country, maybe they should consider stop flooding the market and under, undermining the entire public transportation system with this vehicle. You're, you're basically saying that the local taxi industry that has long existed must now be abolished by this cute, this Pajaj cute, which isn't even a vehicle. What happens to the collective investment within industry? It's, to the not, a car. You, you, it's not a car. You keep saying it's not a vehicle. It is a vehicle. It's not a car. Okay, yeah. it's not a car. Yeah, okay. but I mean, is that is that your gripe with it? The fact that it's not a car? I mean... I mean, when it comes to safety issues, it would not be allowed on the road because uh, it has to pass certain standards first. And by, by the way, we already have these type of vehicles on the roads. I mean, we've had these tuk-tuks operating in certain areas for quite some time now. So that, that surely is not the issue. Yeah, so tuk-tuks have been operating within a limited space and even tuk-tuks created a problem. I think what's important to note here is what happens to e-hailing? E-hailing has been in dispute for, for, for a decade now. We've been calling for better pricing. We've been calling for better regulation. And that's not happening, right? So our gripe is what happens to industry when people are really failing to meet their obligations and then you undermine that, 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 those challenges by then introducing this category to service which market? We don't understand what market you say needs to be serviced by this, uh, by this Bajaj. You know, it makes no sense. And it's just going to result in violence. 
And tomorrow we're going to have a conversation again and we're going to say, why is the public transport industry so violent? But nobody consults or engages with the Yeah, but it's interesting that in you future. as e-hailing drivers are now threatening violence. You're now talking violence. Uh, this is exactly the kind of conversation we had when uh, the meter taxi drivers were trying to get you guys off the road. Now you are trying to block somebody else out. Isn't this... See, the, see, I what, think you're how, misrepresenting it and I can't accept your characterization of the situation. We've always been calling for a regulated industry to make sure that we can all participate within a controlled environment. It's not about us versus meter taxis. It's not about e-hailing versus bajaj. It's about an industry that needs regulation so that there's control so it's safe for everybody to participate in within a healthy manner. Yeah, but I that's mean, what it's that, about. So when you say we're threatening violence, I also think that's incorrect because I don't know of anybody that's threatened violence. Well, you just when told, you started, you're the one. I didn't we mention violence. You're the one who yes, just mentioned yes, yes. violence. No, but I'm saying historically, violence is a characteristic that's prominent within public transportation. <laughs> and once the industry begins to feel undermined, and once the pressure is then felt not only in e-hailing, but in local taxis, the disputes will be felt in the roads. As you saw with the meter taxis and e-hailing sector, where people died, people were bent in their cars. Well, so we now, need to have exactly conversations what... that prevent that that sort of things. We need to advocate for government to engage correctly. We need to make sure that it becomes regulated. So even when new solutions are introduced, we don't undermine and cut out everybody else. All right. Um, That's Vatuga Mbalengwe. We're going to have to leave it there for now. That is the national spokesperson for the e-hailing industry there. What do you make of that? Give us a call on 0861-987-000. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.